Welcome to The Solution, a real estate podcast where myself, Phil Sexton, and Jeff Seabach, we sit down in our office with a glass table and two microphones between us to talk about the industry, to talk about ways that we put consumers first in this industry. Yes. We basically take a break from running our team of 80 agents mm-hmm. that's going to do, is it 300, what are we on pace to do this year? I don't know, approximately 378 million. Approximately 378 <laughs> million this year. And we're we, approaching 800 transactions. That's awesome. That would be good, right? It sounds like a good number. Well, I mean, considering when we started working together nine years ago, it it took us a long time to do eight years, years yeah, to yes, do that. Yes. yes. Um, all right. So, but today's topic is because when we take a break, when we take a pause from the operations of the team to sit down, what we worry about is where this industry is going. What's happening with this industry? Who's at the helm driving the bus? And where's that bus going? And well, today's topic is about standards. And you know, you, you, you ever seen a bus driver go the wrong way long enough before you decide to take the wheel? <laughs> I guess that's a bad analogy. I'll let you use Kramer. Yes. Yeah, oh, but, Kramer. Right. Yeah, that's right, a, that's right. a Seinfeld throwback. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did the driver get mugged or shot or something? I think he died. The driver died and Kramer took the wheel and yes. he kept the route going. Yeah. All right. But today, let's so talk about mugged. Yeah. We're talking about the standards that Real Estate Leopard is proposing. Right. But I first want to just comment on your, your thing. What we've learned in talking to the elite agents and teams across the nation is that it's hard because we are, I think almost we've been instructed beat down no matter how you want to look at it but we've been like people don't pay attention to what's going on in the industry and how it affects them like they're everybody's head down it's why we are standing up to represent the head downers i don't know how to say that but like because everybody right like we talked to an elite agent this morning and his head is in the sand and he is doing deals. He is making the lead, he's generating like, leads like and he didn't, closing he deals. He didn't even know like the first level of stuff, like like how you know how long it would need to be to get an MLS. Like, like, like very few practitioners what, they under, don't know like, the rules. Well, you know when you care, you know when you learn about a lot of the rules in this industry? When you do one wrong. When you get turned in for doing something wrong. Right, right? exactly. Like the guy that had the sign out in front of the house and it wasn't on MLS and a whole week would gone by. Yeah. Like, hello, have you, you mean, heard of you mean MLS? The, the guy in a nice subdivision up north and I drove by on Sunday and he wasn't coming soon. And I drove by on Tuesday. And I remember when we talked to Matt Consalvo, he said, there's not a lot of those out there. So I sent him a reminder of saying, nope, there's still a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Not following the rules. Yes. But that's okay. That's not what this is about. What this is about is making sure that our audience understands We care about these rules and we care about being at the table when these rules and these decisions are being made, because when it's just brokers that are at those tables and not practitioners, then practitioners never end up getting a voice. Yeah. And then we end up things like paying for photos that end up on the internet for free last week's episode. That's right. Right. Yes, Yes, exactly. So we're fighting for standards because frankly, the current standard out there for a real estate agent is very, 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 very low. So we are going to establish these standards and then we are going to lead the pack in delivering these standards for one to mostly, where's the consumer first podcast, Phil? And that's the whole reason why we're doing it is so that we can help the consumer understand. Like, it's just a little bit funny to me. Well, let's talk about standard number one, because this one 
is odd to me. We're going to have a performance standard, an elite level of performance standard, where at real estate agents to be a member of Leopard have to do at least 10 listings a year or 20 transactions a year with five of those being right. listings. And we're going to call it elite level performance or, or, or performance level. Ooh, yes, sorry. that's all right. You want to answer that? Is it a showing request? No, I think. <laughs> sorry. Um, with elite level performance, because it's a little bit funny to me that in this business, there's no way to tell the difference between somebody that does business and somebody that doesn't do business. They're both members of the National Association of Realtors. So they're realtors. Right. They're both licensed with their state entity that determines whether or not they can have a real estate license. But then how do you know which are the ones that actually, uh, I don't know, do good business or not? Right. So let's say that we were, let's just call them oranges in a grocery store. Like, let's just go to the basic level of understanding right. is, does the consumer deserve to know what is best versus what is not? Or should all 1.5 million realtors be held at the current, like everybody's the same? I'm going to try. Because gonna... pay right now is the same whether you do one deal or I'm a little over 3000 now. Uh, like if we sell a house, we get paid the same, we get offered the same amount of commission. I can of course raise my commission by negotiating it. But the point is back to oranges, like if we're oranges, it says, I look in there and there's a date and it says fresh by this date. <laughs> if we go, well, no, but it says, let's go salad bags. Okay. How about beer? Right. Born on date. Oh, born on date. Yeah. Right. Oh. Like, like it's real simple to see what is the freshest beer versus the older beer. Oh, it's wow. real easy to see when the apples came out, right? Like when the apples come out, you know, there's like, okay. For instance, I went over to the, the fries and they have the shrimp out and they said the five dollar shrimp the ten dollar shrimp or the fresh shrimp and yeah. i went for the five dollar shrimp because i was going to eat them that day because it said you know we put them out five it was like days five ago. eight yeah. and yeah. it's been out for five days and i smelled them and they smelled good and i was like okay good i can i can deal with this but i had the option to choose and to pay a different amount based on how old the shrimp were i mean it's just like the point is is Realtors should be like, we need to help catch them up. No, just food in general, but it's like service. I mean, dude. Okay. Let me ask you a question. When you go to I buy, love, by the way, hold on. I know I, I, I love your enthusiasm and I appreciate every time when you get excited about it, but I think that your shrimp analogy is, is just, you got to pause to enjoy the analogies that you come up with every once in a while. Thank All right. You, let's hear you. What's the next one. Okay. How about, how about when you go to the, to buy a new car and they say, would you like to buy the leftover new car last year's model and you get a what do you pay discount. the same price a discount you get a discount oh, oh okay. okay interesting but the point is is that there's no way so there's probably a sweet spot in the like because it's not shrimp where you don't want the old shrimp that have that got caught years ago because those shrimp may not understand May I'm just saying the taste. consumer needs to know. Good. And that's Fair. what we're delivering with this standard. Number one is the consumer is going to see those that do 10 listings a year or more, or do 20 transactions with five listings that they are an elite performer. Do you think that NAR should publish that? I absolutely. We've reached out to NAR. I'm sorry, not the highest of elites, but someone at a pretty high level and said, Hey, 
because I believe that they're collecting ideas that you need to recognize this. So we'll see if they choose to recognize it or not All as right. we begin or not, because we're going national with this. It's going to be on in minutes. We're going out the real trends. Like this is, this is starting to go national and people need to pay attention to it. And the reality we're only on number one, we're on one and I'm not even excited yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid to go to number two. Yes. <laughs> No, you're not. Uh, of course. So number one, elite level performance. The second standard. Isn't it? A sh I mean, elite level performance is 10 listings a year, not even a listing a month. Like to think that that is elite, that just shows you how low the current standards are. All right. Because. All right. Then let me talk a little bit more about it. One of the reasons why we think that there needs to be standard performance is because on the team last month, we sold 80 houses, Right. And when you sell 80 houses in a with month- With 80 agents, with yes. Eight, well, there's 80 agents on our team. and uh, But anyway, that's not the point. The point is when you do that amount of volume, you get to see the changes that's happening in the industry, in the consumer trends, in the marketplace. You're sharper, better now than you were before you did that. And to stay afloat with what's going on in the marketplace, the more transactions that you do, if you do a listing a month, and you're in charge of marketing that listing a month, then you're up on the trends of what needs to change, what needs to evolve, therefore giving the consumer a better experience than somebody that hasn't done a listing in five years or that has but just got their license. But also in doing a lot of deals, we, we last month we had um, seven different transactions where we got the opportunity to do both sides. Do you know, like when you do a transaction with a newer agent that's never done a deal, and that they're actually advising things to the buyer that are just that you, we wouldn't advise and our maybe buyers. like unethical, ethical, right? Like they go into houses when they shouldn't, they show up, they 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 like they try and rewrite the rule book. Yeah. And we're still paying them a the same amount as a great agent. Like let's say we're doing one with Nina, right? We're doing one with Linda, right? Like I'm sure that we won't have to do their side of the transaction. So how, how come? Because the consumer at the DOJ said that we should not be. This, you're tying this into the apprenticeship program as well, which we're fast forward. Well, no, I was just kind of to the idea that, that we're. The performance in, the should be transparent. Well, yeah, well, performance should be transparent, but also pay should be towards that there, there should be a differentiate. It was Rob Hohen that made the point of that, that why do the people get the same pay? It wasn't like I came up with all these things myself. We're just collectively saying this because the other thing is, is what people don't realize is because now the, I believe this is that they have to keep the co-broke high or they push for it high because that's how they attract all the new licensees. So like, why is it look so great to be an agent when it's clearly hard as shit? Like it's hard to be an agent. And then we deal with the fail the failure rates 87%, but yet we're still printing agents. Like where's the disconnect, bro? Air <laughs> day, bro. Air day. Air day. All right. Number two, verified team certification. I think it's kind of a joke, right? What you see in marketing out there when somebody calls themselves a team and you're like, who's your team? And it's them and their mom, 
No, 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 no. Them no, and their dog. They're in their dog. No, no, no. Them and, and their the title rep. Oh, whatever. them and they're in the them and the and the lender. Fake it till like, you make it, bro. What's a team? What is a team? Like, don't you think that in order for teams to be recognized by I don't know the Arizona Department of Real Estate, for example, or the Arizona legislation, there has to be some level of standards that a team has so that they can be certified. It's kind of like you couldn't have laws for brokers if you didn't have any standards of what a broker needed to be. What comes first? Well, the standards of what a broker is comes first, and then you can get that entity recognized by the law or by the rules. Right. Right. And right now, teams, it's this wild west where, yes, teams are taking over. You already mentioned Rob Hahn. He's a huge he's a huge voice on this topic that teams, mega teams, super teams, whatever he calls them, are taking over. But there's just a wild west of what makes well, a team a team. And it's to me, the idea of a team was actually to improve the customer service level, not to make the team leader more money. Right. Like because th that's the other side of it is that, you know, because to, to me, teams were I mean, the reason we created the team was why? Because we had too many leads and we couldn't follow up with them all. Yes, but what else? What was the other? Remember the listening appointment? So that we wouldn't Special, generalize. No, specialists. So that we weren't generalists. Right, right. Because generalists are, I mean, it's the most broken thing in our industry, right? Like, I like, of course, sports analogies, but do the, um, they call them linemen get the ball maybe once in a while but i mean we have linemen we have running backs we have got a tight end still we got a halfback we got wide receivers we got a quarterback and then they only play on offense and then on the other side we have the defense alignment like does the offensive alignment play defense alignment no right then there's linebackers and there's defensive backs and there's safeties like there's because we specialize in certain things in real estate let's see you're the you're the open house sitter. You're the sign putter outer. You're the stager. You're the marketer. You're da -da -da, Superwoman, Superman, right? You can do everything. And that's the whole idea. Because clearly, when I go out to talk to people about my specialties and they're like, well, we just want, they want one person to talk to, but they need specialists. And that's the idea of the certified team is that there's got to be different components. It's not just a team lead with 50 agents as well. Like the thing is, is you should be, you know, I mean, we have someone that's great at listing paperwork. We have people that are great at marketing. Guess what we have is those people to do those things and they're not the agent that's out. Yeah. Nice. Well, I, I'd like to hear a little- Verified team yeah. certification. Any comment on standard number one, number two from our wonderful, beautiful looking audience? Bill Rister says, did he say halfback? How old is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bill. Good to see you, buddy. Hey, JB I in mean, the house. Think, it's been I, a while. Good I to see you. Of, I, Tom Rathman, right? Like, you know, I guess he was a fullback. Halfback? If you're, I'm thinking, I watched the T-bone offense from the, the Nebraska air, and then they had the halfback, so... Yeah, I I don't know that there's no more halfbacks. Yes, I does. Nice yeah. me. Yeah, thank so, you, Bill. But thank also, you, Risser. Yeah. I could probably learn way more about sports than what I know just by listening to Bill Risser's podcast. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Last week's episode was about baseball, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Bill. Um, I was the guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, All yeah, right. Yeah. Next, number three. <laughs> 
<laughs> customer service reviews. This is actually something that we want to talk to Bill Risser about more because he's the general manager of the U.S. operations for Rate My Agent. Oh, what do you know? And Rate We're My... not the only ones that care about the no, consumer. No, let me tell you about So customer service reviews, meaning that you need to maintain an NPS score, net promoter score, which is the simplest survey in the world. One question between one and 10, how likely are you to refer our services to your friends and family? That is you, literally the one. That question. is the one question. That's it. And then they say eight, nine, 10, one, two, three. And then seven, all nine, you 10. have to do is ask every client once the deals close and you, you come up with a score and, and then you get an average based upon how many, you know, like so last month we, you know, had 15 or 20 clients review us and our average score was a 9.7, which we are looking for at least a nine or higher. A nine or higher is right. we think that if you have, if you opt in to allowing every single one of your transactions to be surveyed with this one question, then you will get the customer service review. Then you will meet that standard as long as your reviews are above nine. Right. right. And what Bill has on their tool, which I think is awesome. And they're, they're bigger in Australia from what I understand than they are in America, but that's his job to make them bigger in America. They than care they are in more about customer service in Australia. Mm, I don't know. But what I do know is that if the agent allows every single one of their transactions to be reviewed with his software, then they get a trusted badge. Kind of like a verified on Instagram. I like that. Something like that. But I want, that's what we're going to have is a trusted badge because that means that you're not just, because you know how a review is done now. And we're going to let Bill's company pay us so they can be sponsored. I, yes, we're going to allow that. Yeah, no, I don't, yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh. But the concept of not just reviewing the, the problem with reviews and why they're not as valuable right now. Is reviews are why? flat out broken. Why? Because the agent only picks the client that liked them the most to write the review. Right. Right. They don't interview the people that they did a bad job on. Correct. And what you know what's going to happen is, is when they find out that they got to review the person who did a bad job on, guess what they're not going to do? Do a bad job. Ba -ba -ba. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the whole, I mean, you know, when I got into the, the business back in 2003, Everybody liked to put reviews. There weren't even electric vehicles then. No, but they, <laughs> but people did put reviews on their websites. But you know who controls the language of those reviews on your own website? Yourself. The agent. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. But fortunately now, fast forward, we got Google reviews and Zillow reviews, which are clearly gained. Obviously. Obviously. When we gained. see competitors that go from 100 reviews to 900 reviews in 30 days, you're like, I wonder what, what website he bought those on. Right, right. I mean, there, there's just constantly when you see Zillow reviews, but then there's even the opposite of it, which is I go out to an agent that sold a thousand houses and they have seven reviews. Like clearly you must not be that good because all you got to do is ask your customer to review you. You can, you can get one out of 20 to review you. There must be something wrong there if they only got seven reviews. I'm even shocked that the agent's, even don't even think that this is like uber important. We think that this is uber important. And I think it's been a key to our growth. And it's why it's a standard for real estate leopard. The third one being customer service reviews. Number four, number four client first transparency. Ooh. So what we're talking about is breaking down the walls that hide the listing agents 
or the commissions or the disclosures or the spuds or the inspection inspection reports we're actually the offers we're gonna assist this just so the because i if i were an agent i was listening to you pipe off on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah but and, and you're like well but how can i because the the current associations meaning uh mls okay. and the current brokers have not provided us the tools to make this possible so we are for free offering a tool for any real estate leopard member right like Got if you it. go to realestateleopard.com you can you can sign up but we're going to give you a tool to help you achieve client first transparency because on our tool that we've been begin to know right now we can show because should or should a buyer i mean i i'm gonna go with the just because rob hon's got a lot of stories on his blog right on his blog so he put out uh how he wanted to change something and the guy said that's not fixing the problem rob the problem is is that when i make about when my buyer makes an offer on the property the real estate agent non-publicly gathers the offers doesn't show how many offers, doesn't show the counters, doesn't show, and it calls you back and says, you lost. Non-transparent. Yeah. Like, not oh, a level playing no. field. Like, this is, the, I, don't you love it when you have one, so if you get 20 offers on a property, there's 19 losers, and you know one to seven of those losers is going to challenge the fact that they lost. Yes. Because they're salespeople. And you know what salespeople don't take well? Losses. Rejection. Yeah. The, the answer, no. Well, they act, the funny thing is, is the agents are in our listings. I mean, last month we listed, I don't know, like 37 houses, right? And that when they lose, they call 50 times. Now, they don't call us before. They don't give us yeah. before. Yeah. But as soon as they lose, they want to know why they lost. But if it was transparent. And they're not even close to the, like, that's where they yeah. could see it. And they're, but more importantly, I know is because it's their clients complaining because they don't know, but they did not advise their client that they needed to make a more competitive offer. Because in the last one, it was, they were $50,000 low and they couldn't understand why they lost. Right. With a full price cash offer. With a full price cash offer. Like you weren't even in the game, bro. Right. Like you wouldn't waive appraisal and I got a non, I have no appraisal waiver. Like, so number four is increasing the transparency so that there's less. Confusion, contention. Well, yes. frustration for the clients because obviously <clears throat> they were getting the calls because the clients are mad and they're pressing on their agents. Why did they lose? And then they're saying, well, you have to now prove to us when we're actually trying to be transparent. We told them that your offer is too low. But we're gonna we we're offering a tool. So if you become a member with Real Estate Leopard, we're gonna give you a tool that's gonna make this stuff. So if you want to upload the spuds. So that when someone comes to the house and they want to make an offer, they can review the spuds so they can receive the offers that were made on the property so they can see the history of the property. I mean, like, because we have so many properties that sell over and over again, especially on the East Coast, where there's properties that are 100 years old. Like, why couldn't you see the past? Amen. Amen, Number five, last but not least, right? Bar raised apprenticeship and ethics. So stepping up on the level that agents need to be trained when they come into this business, they need a newbie tag until they have been licensed for and worked side by side 
with a, an, apprentice, an apprenticeship model for 24 transactions or for two years. Yes. Yes. Right. Like enough of not knowing when, when, when Bob gets licensed tomorrow at the school and joins NAR, technically his clout is as good as your clout. You're yeah, he's well, a realtor. This is what you're a realtor. This is what's ruining the brand because clearly they want to what I call printing more agents. They, the licensing we talked about it earlier continues at a high rate. <laughs> but I believe that if an agent one, if the commission was pit fixed up top that we talked about it, and two, that they knew they had to do 24 deals and were not going to make the full boat on everyone until they got to the level of service that needed to be in the industry, that we, I think these will also, I mean, we stood on stage at Inman at CEO Connect and 75% of the audience said that we think the agent count's going to go down. But nobody has instituted anything to raise, because if you raise the standards, you're going to raise the performance. So the apprenticeship for new agents is clearly needed because the, the failure rate is too low. It's embarrassing low that we're not helping. We're not helping even the new agents come in. Clearly, all the training in America is to help agents do zero to 10 transactions, all, like 99% of the stuff, right? Like how many, why do you think we have a million coaches out there? Because they're training people to get from zero to 10. Well, guess what? It's not working because the average deal per agent is three deals. 1.5 million agents and 6 million houses. Okay, okay four deals. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Because they don't know how to get to more. But I think if they go through an apprenticeship, we can make this go to 10 to 20 deals for the average person. And then we'd um, be performing higher level performance for the consumer because they deserve it. They, they no longer need to be overpaying for bad experience. They need to pay for performance like the rest of the world, like the oranges, like the shrimp, like the, yeah. <laughs> it's, like a student driver. Uh, it's like a student driver, Lena, right? It's, right, like, Lena, a student driver. it's like a student driver. Yes, there's two steering wheels and two gas pedals and two gas Brake pedals in that car. <laughs> right. I Yet mean, in real estate. No, but they give it, they give the other driver a steering wheel. So there's two steering wheels and that one takes over if that one, right? Like yes. the apprenticeship. Yes. yes. Nice. All right. Those are our five standards. We want to hear. What do you guys have? Feedback. Happy what Thursday, I guys. Happy, Happy Thursday, Thursday Nina. Yeah. Um, that that's great. You know what? Everything you said is just makes so much sense. But I think the bottom line is we go back to industry standards where the state, I mean, are they going to be, you know, up for this? Because guess who's going to lose money when no, they're not bringing in all of these um, agents, right? That are the plan. Their the plan is Nina. We completely agree, and that's why it hasn't changed. Thank you for 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 just putting the elephant out in the middle of the room. Uh, clearly, the states are making money off of licensing. The so MLSs my, are making money off of subscriber my, dues. My, the my, NAR is making money off of subscriber dues. They're all funded by more more I'm not agents. worried about that. I'm worried about the government, the real government, because okay. they need to make their money because they're broke. <clears throat> and that um, the plan is is that. The money that's going to be made off of apprenticeship will the teams are going to have to have a piece of that that's going to go to the government is what I think is going to happen because the teams are going to cause training to replace the licensing because the licensing fees obviously goes to the general fund and they need that money and they won't change the laws if they lose right like you <clears throat> oh yes so to be a certified team comes with a higher cost mm -hmm. higher level of acknowledgement and we can 
I think of uh, the thing is, is the license, maybe, I don't know how we tie this in with the licensing, but I think that we could, we could tie it in so that everybody gets their money. Cause it's not about trying to rob the government of their money. It's about trying to put on a better, because isn't the real estate department supposed to be protecting the consumer from a, from, you know, Yes, bad actors. This is this clearly not going to create a better experience, they're, consumer. Go but, ahead. Nina. But you know what? They're not allowing. I mean, I, I do not think they're protecting the consumer at all because by allowing anybody who breathes to get a license, you know, it's all about the the amount of money that they make and not about the consumer. So therefore, we have thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of agents. We have these iBuyers that are out there right now as well. You know, per, you know, you know what? Perching. This is another good. Um, this is going to be another good discussion, but those iBuyers that are purchasing, I see it happen so often. They buy a property, literally put it on the next day for $20,000, $40,000 more, right? And how is that helping the consumer? That's not helping the consumer at all because I have this little first-time home buyer that now can't qualify because they want to make money to do nothing. Well, we that that is... I appreciate that point, but that is another hill to climb and that can be another future podcast. I want to talk to your first point, which was, um, sorry, I'm just still on the <laughs> side of the sellers being unrepresented in the face of the iBuyers. I got, I, I did, I fell down that path as well. What she started right. with, what did, what was the first half of your point? Oh, Any about can breathe can get a license that the, right. the people that the government is not protecting consumers. I, yeah, I disagree. Yeah, I, well, I, I, I disagree too. I don't think uh, that it's anybody that can breathe. Yeah, I, um, uh, for one thing, it's not much of a revenue generator, at least in our state. Um, they, the budget basically pays for training and enforcement and some basic um, security measures. Um, whenever the government does licensing for auto licensing, for haircut, you know, barber licenses, um, they're basically establishing minimum standards. Um, and the minimum standards, at least in our state, you know, is 90 hours of training. Um, that's great. I, I think after 90 hours, you've shown a serious commitment to real estate. You may not have a lot of experience, but, you know, you're, you're not going to do something ridiculously stupid. So you I, would uh, say that it's okay that getting your hair cut, you need seven times the amount of training, but selling someone's most expensive asset, you it's okay to have seven times less like, cause that, like to cut your hair, there's, there's, there's a blog in town, seven yeah. times more hours required to learn how to cut hair than to yeah. sell someone's house for 300,000. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give you a sharp pair of scissors either, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the day, I mean, to take, I, because I love the spirit of debate, there's still a broker that is ultimately responsible for that transaction, even though the but agent see, the, is brand the new. Bro the broker has changed. So the broker used to have 20 agents or 30 agents, and now the broker has 50,000, 150,000, right? The problem is, is because they've been filling the bar, not raising the bar, they're managing too many people, and the cats are running all over the field. <laughs> Nice. John, I see. I saw you turn your video on. I feel like you're getting ready to, to jump in here. Hey, sorry. I was out getting lunch, a salad, and going and <clears throat> want to have you watch me walking around. Yeah. <laughs> no, I appreciate the, uh, the, um, the points. And I'm a, I'm a small team. And I don't know, truthfully, if the Department of Real Estate has any specific licensing requirements for teams, other than you just say, hey, no. we're now a team. That's, they have, they that's have Nina's it. point. I want to get to it when he's done. Go ahead. Yeah. 
but um, you know, I'm I'm a small broker and just few agents, and and we're a team for the purposes of uh, you know helping other people. But uh, one thing that resonated with me, part of our business aside from traditional real estate, is real estate auctions, and that's a specialty that I've been involved in as a licensed real estate auctioneer for 20 years. And what really um, is challenging to me when we're representing buyers in traditional real estate uh, transactions today is that almost every offer scenario is a quasi auction. We do, we do live and online auction events. And I love the fact that with auction, everything is very transparent and buyers know exactly what they're competing for. And typically the auction terms are kind of lay out, Hey, here's the terms of what you're competing, whether it's a non-refundable earnest money deposit or if it's as is, you know, cash only kind of situation. And so I, I would, I'm excited to hear what you have. Uh, you're speaking about coming up with, uh, you know, you've been teasing something coming up that's going to, possibly let things be in transparent with traditional real estate because that's something i would love it's to called see. our digs you can see it now so what it is is it is going to have an auction piece of it because i don't know if it's going to be called a bid or an auction i don't know if we're going to partner but we've already created a place that on every listing that every elite agent that's in leopard can put it on our digs and you can make an offer and it can be visible um we're building the back end into it now so when they make an offer you can see all of the offers that came in on that property so um we'll be building that piece out but it the, this tool is it's called our dig so the people is called realestateleopard.com and the platform is r as in realtor weirdly weird there and then d i g z.com our digs um is where we're going to be delivering the client's first transparency, the offer platform, and you're listing your leads for agents so that when you join Real Estate Leopard, you can use our tool that during the pre-sale and coming soon, if you use our digs, those leads come directly to you with no extra charge. Awesome. That is something that's a little bit needed in today because you do have uh, you have great buyers, particularly those that are first time home buyers that don't understand that like, why am I getting beat out? Where, where's the transparency? Who's got what, you know, where's the, where's the, yeah. So, all right, John, I got a question for you. Is there any yeah. downside to displaying all of the offer details publicly? Okay. So here, this is a, for me, this is a hot topic because if we, if you're wearing your listing agent hat, you're representing the seller is not your job as the listing agent to maximize value for your seller. That's your fiduciary responsibility. So something that I get a little sideways with sometimes when I'm wearing a buyer agent hat and asking a seller when there's multiple offers, hey, what do you got? I'm trying to help you as a buyer agent to get my client's list and my client's offer accepted. Is not your job as a listing agent to be, you know, open and let us let, let me know what I need to know to get you more money for your client. But some agents, and I don't know that's ever taught in real estate school. And if there's a you know, if there's a, a disclosure issue with letting buyer agents know, hey, here's what I got. I got 10 offers and some of these are finance and some are not. And, you know, some are so much down. Help me understand how that's violating any kind of ethical responsibility in representing. You know, I mean, clearly, it's, if, if, the, if there's offers because of the current system that's written by brokers, if the offers are from. Hold on. Are you, John, you're in Arizona, correct? Yeah, I'm in Gilbert. Yep. So the new AAR listing agreement, the new ER that was written by AAR. They've got a pretty clear checkbox on there now that you have a conversation with the seller at the time that you're taking the listing. Yes or no. Am I allowed to disclose all of the details of all of the offers to the other parties or not? 
Mm-hmm. Right. And I thought, I don't, I don't why know. Would, what, why wouldn't, why wouldn't a seller's broker say it's in your best interest for us to disclose it because it's just going to get you more money. Just like if this was a public auction and because, you know, everybody can see what bid <laughs> If they want to be on top, they got to be on top. They got yes, to because in a public auction, and this is the debate, right? Is which one gets more money is a, is a silent auction where you can't see the other bids. And so you've got to come in with your highest and best, and it may potentially be $10,000 instead of $1,000 higher than, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's the debate. If I see, if I know that I only have to beat yeah. it by $1, then I might not beat it by $10,000. And conversely, if you knew some buyers would say, I'll go, I'll go higher. If I only know what the higher bid is. I'll I know. Go. And that's well, the thing because is, John said what his, what he does, like the background is why I wanted to ask you the question. I love this conversation. Yes. Cause we, we, I don't know that we have a horse in the race of determining whether a private auction or public auction. We actually think that it, uh, we're leaning towards when they make the offer, they have to disclose at least some of the terms, not all of the terms, so that at least people can see that there's actually seven offers and the basis of it. I, I don't, you know, I mean, we're, I think I, from we're a trans- open to feedback because we want to make it great for all. It's just, and I think from a transparent perspective, is part of the tool being al- allowing the seller to log in to see all of the offers takes away the accused accusations that we get from the losers that you didn't even present my offer. Right. Because we get those accusations all the time. The, the other side of it though, guys, is that um, uh, not everybody values things the same way. You know, one, one offer may have a uh, wave, uh, I don't know, financing contingency. So it's a cash offer. And the other one waves inspection contingency. How do you value that when you're, you know, if, if I say my cash offer is better than your no inspection offer. And JB's absolutely yes. right. If we're doing a public auction today, right? Like on Saturday, we're selling some land in Tonopah. The terms of sale are the same for every buyer. And when they register to bid, they're acknowledging that they're willing to put non-refundable earnest money down. They're buying it as is. It's a basically a cash closing 30 a day scenario. But JB's point is you might have different offers on a quasi auction with different terms. So unless the seller's staying, here's the terms by which you're all willing to participate you know, an, an offer isn't really the same merit as another offer if you've got one cash contingency and the other one not. So the, the term- Agreed. And I don't know that there's going to, that the software tool is going to rank the offers, but at least the software tool will be able to display the offers to the seller at least, and hopefully the buyers. But there's still, JB, your point to me still shows that there's value in having an agent because if it was all been able to just do, happen automatically through the software, then what would you need us to guide you with some of these decisions on? But luckily, we're not trying to build we a tool can, that we don't, we're not needed. We're just trying to build a tool that makes it a little more transparent. Because, yeah, if you're cash and he's financed or you're VA and he's conventional or you're 10-day close and he's five-day inspection, we still need somebody to explain that to us. What, what about – go ahead, Jeff. You got something. No, I was just saying that we – I completely agree with on your point of – when there's a difference, but at least they should be able to see that there's seven offers or there's 10 offers and that the price is similar, right? Like, so if you can see six offers are all within 10,000, it's always about the terms, but if there's an, you know, and then you, even if you saw an offer that was 50,000 over, but didn't waive appraisal and you'd be like, well, that one's cash. There's, there's always going to, but the plan is to try and put an even playing field, but I don't know that we'll have every, I don't think that, all the terms are going to be displayed. All the play, all yeah. right. I, I, I agree because there's the other risk that I think everyone is sort of walking around is um, you do have sellers who sell for personal reasons. I like the way those people looked. I like that they have grandkids. Um, I like, you know, that they like dogs. 
And as an individual buyer, if you don't own multiple properties, technically that's allowed. Um, I've had sellers sell because they like the letter they got from a buyer. Um, yeah, that's and if dangerous. you had all the oh, we, we, won't, we won't discuss that, but every seller gets to choose who they work with. That's exactly. not our choice. It's the seller's option. Always. It's never the agents It's just trying to create a, an even field so that that for one to also make it easier for people. And so they don't this dislike the process, because right now I think that we're not selling enough houses is because people just don't like moving. It's clearly there's not enough homes being sold. So. Hmm. I mean, it's difficult. The average moving, moving in 2000, sucks regardless. Right. Moving sucks because I have to pack. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I I believe that more people would like to move if it was easier. And I think that it, it clearly it's non-transparent. And it's because when I'm in the living room with sellers, they don't understand how the sales process works. Yeah. They're confused. So I think that adds to it. I want to go back to Nina's point, though. So hopefully we've discussed that enough. The point, Lena, is that the reason we're doing this is to get rec teams recognized at a state level so that we can, because like teams in Arizona can't even have, are not supposed to have employees. You have to be a broker. But because there's 5,600 brokers and there's only 4,400 listings in MLS, clearly we're given, like, what's the point of that? Right? Like, so the thing is, is, we're doing, they, they're not developing the standards. They're more interested in having them become brokers than, stay, you know I mean? Like, but technically brokers are trained more and are held at a higher standard. I mean, so that's why not, is, is that a bad thing? Would you say then? Versus, what if there were no agents, just brokers? Like then everybody has more than 90 hours of training. That's not a bad thing. But the thing is, is brokers no longer, I mean, John sounds like he sell houses, but most of the brokers we know are not selling houses anymore. Would you say any broker we had here, they get out of the business to become a broker. And that's kind of in the point of we're losing it is they get too far away. And then they just focus on risk reduction and not actually because the brokers are supposed to be training the agents. And the point of this is the team should be training the agents because the teams, I mean, I was on five listing appointments in the last three days, right? Like shouldn't a, a broker that hasn't been on a listing appointment. With, well, hold on. With the 9.7 NPS score. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that the, the it's more in line with the, you know, the MBA is that you should keep a high level of, it, the service should be at the highest level and it should be trained I, by no the people question. at the highest level. No question. Jeff, right. question. Yes, please. Is that Virginia? Virginia, Thank welcome. Thank you. The, regarding um, the reviews, about five years ago, um, I got on Zillow asking for some of my clients to review me. And then I realized Zillow requires my client's email address. And I realized they're collecting data, they're collecting information. So I didn't want Zillow to have my client's email address. So I stopped asking for reviews. So it looks like I only have five reviews, you know, and I do, you know, like last year I did $11 million. I don't ask for reviews. So where do you ask for reviews? Great. Well, actually, the thing is, is you can tell your client to get a separate Gmail address that they don't use to use that to review you as a workaround. Because if you if if you would have been that is a pain. It is a pain. But yeah. the thing is, well, fortunately, Zillow reviews are going to start to dissipate, and Google's going to be the one reviewing. Um, what we, was the question? We, we I ask for, question. I'm going to answer okay. it. I don't. I, she said, "Where do we ask clients to review us?" And there's three regular places. The first of which is Zillow, the second of which is Google, and the third of which is our private NPS score 
that we use internally here, where we reach out to our clients, our, our uh, Avery and our, our front desk calls every single one of our closings and multiple times to get a hold of them so that we can ask the one simple question. <clears throat> and then we celebrate the winners and we give feedback to the ones that don't get a nine or a 10. And so we use it as a management tool internally, but it would be nice if there was a, a trusted entity, whether it's a third party or not, like how about Skyslope, for example, we put a lot of data into Skyslope, which is our transaction management tool. What if they're the ones that whenever a closing happened, they were able to reach out with like, hey, here's all of your closing. Here's all the paperwork from your transaction. Thank you very much. How would you, how likely on a scale of one to 10 are you to refer Jeff Seabock to your friends and family? And there's two things, Virginia, what you said. One, I know that as long as I do a spectacular job for my client, I can give out their email address to everybody on the call and everybody in the world, and they're still going to use me. And number two is, you, you know, you just got to make a business decision. Is it better for you to have a review, which it is a better business decision because you will grow your business more if you have more reviews. I know I'm not saying that you have to, but Zillow was the primary review place and now they have best of Zillow and the, and the consumer does trust Zillow. Why we're doing this is because Zillow is more trusted and more searched than real estate because there's not a standard in the industry and we'd love to have you. So. <laughs> Nice job on the 11 million. Yeah, great job, Virginia. Thank you. Yeah. All right, fun. What else? Any other comments? The standards, Jeff. All right, how about we, uh, let's take a vote. Okay, so do you like standard number one, two, three, four, five? Let's do Okay, hold on. Uh, standard number one was the performance requirements, elite performance standards. Right, so right? to be a part of Leopard. To be a Leopard member, right. you have to And reach. your team, and like if you're an indie broker, which we call you, John, so the, like, because we're allowing agents, teams, or indie brokers to be a part, even though it's called the National Associative Team, just because we wanted to make it simpler, but that as long as the leader does 10 listings, because then we're entrusting in that leader to train their people, but elite performance. Okay, number one, performance. Number two, verified team certification. Number three, customer service reviews. Number four, client first transparency. And number five, bar raised apprenticeship model. All right, uh, JB, which one do you think is the most important or your favorite, one or the other? He's writing them down. That's all. Oh, okay. I like JB. Yeah, you go to real estate leopard. JB, what? if you go to realestateleopard.com, you can see them. What? Hold on. Let him answer. Yes. You already have my 50 bucks. Um, uh, I, I believe customer service review is the key. Customer service review. I love that. I love too. that. Yeah. All right. John, what about you? I'm going to. Oh, oh, I'm looking for the oh, mic. I got to find There we go. Idea. Yeah, yeah. There, there's the and sending a voicemail away. There we go. Sorry. Um, so I performance is kind of hard to argue with performance because that's where the you know the proof is in the pudding on performance. Um, I guess one thing I, I came in the late the call a little late. The NPS is that a real estate centric thing or no. is that like multi industry wide? Multi industry. It is the it okay. is one the question. Tell them what the question net is. Net promoter score is the most simplistic yeah. survey to measure how you do as a business, how do you, how to measure your clients. And that is on a scale of one to 10, how likely are you to refer us to your friends and family? 
Okay, and then you're implementing that as part of like after a closing with a customer service. Yeah, so on CBOC leads business, we run a business yeah. where we run a business where we have CBOC leads and then we coach agents to help them grow their own business. On the CBOC lead business, because we require them certain standards in the CBOC lead business on their own business, we recommend it, but because it's their business, they can do whatever they want. But in a CBOC lead business, every time a deal closes, we call that client three or four times to try and ask them the simple question is at a one to yeah. 10 and we're averaging 9.7 so far this year. Pretty strong. Not bad, right? Internally, but the problem is if I publish yeah. out on my website and everybody says, of course you're publishing out on your website. Like I actually need a third party. It's why we're reaching out to Bill Rister's group because we want a third party validation. It they've done the best job so far in the industry. We haven't seen anyone close to yeah. um, th their organization, so that we can say. But when, but even for us, like we are actually we're actively trying to implement this. And last year, of the 276 million that our team did. 135 million was from CBOC leads that we provided and 141 million was agent owned business. And what we haven't done, which we're on the brink of is NPSing all of their own business as well, not just the business that we bring in and publishing it and publishing it publicly. So that when you go to an agent profile, there's actually meat there. And when when you just, go to our digs and you pull up and it says contact Jeff Seabach listing agent, we're going to put the score there. He has a NPS score 9.7. So it's, you know, we're trying to get the teams that join. It's not a requirement yet, but we're trying to get these standards out there because then we're going to be able to provide training. Cause I think that some people may struggle because I think that the industry has only provided training from zero to 10 for a long time. And people, there's not enough training that we're, we're actually going to produce training and helping people get from 10 transactions to a hundred. The real, the real question is, did that answer your question, John? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, the five points are intriguing and these are, these are leopard member points. And, um, I think that it's a good metric to, to kind of gauge your, your efficiency or, uh, as a business, as a team by. I mean, uh, just in an effort to try to uh, let the public see a little bit more into our world of who's real and who's not. Yeah, true. True. And I, I, I kind of disagreed a little bit with the point that Department of Real Estate, you know, is in it for the money. I think, you know, I don't think that's truthfully. I think the people there are really trying to look out for the consumers, but every other third party that benefits from our data, such as, you know, the Zillow's, the Redfin's, et cetera, they're in it for the money that, you know, I think in the iBuyers. No, the no, Department uh, of Real Estate. We, the, we're the Department good of friends with the is. Department of Real Estate. I was just saying that they might have revenue and I'm not trying to take revenue away. I didn't Correct. say that it was not. You know, Their excess revenue goes into the general fund, which I think is real, real revenue in the state of Arizona. And we don't want to shoot ourselves in the foot in order, you know. Yeah. Lena. I have a question. So you talked about center number five, the apprenticeship, but what about the ethics portion? Yeah. You know, I actually think the ethics portion is going to fall under first client, first transparency, because one of the problems with the existing ethics, pro with the existing ethics program with, from NAR is that any ethics complaints are all private. There's nothing public on an ethics complaint. And it, 
I think that those should be public. And of course, I think it's because they don't want to ruin the brand, so they don't want to report to people. But if you're a bad actor, then you need to get out. Agreed. But, yeah. Yes, All right, Virginia. Even the Department of Real Estate puts the problem. If you've got a if you got an issue from ADRE, you can go online and you can look somebody up and you can see that they have an issue. But yet at NAR, you can't. It's just a little odd. Yep. All right. Let's go with Virginia. Uh, do you like any of them? Do you hate all of them? What is your favorite? Um, for me, it's uh, performance-based because even if you have 100% customer satisfaction and you have one or two deals, that's not too impressive. But if Amen. you have 40 deals a year and 100% satisfaction, that means more to me. Because um, I'm like, for me, I'm all referral-based. So, you know, I'm all uh, word of mouth, referral based, and I'd rather have more transactions, higher performance, that kind of shows my level of service. Um, and number two would be survey. Okay. And then nice. the last for me is certificate. Who cares if I have a team certificate or not? You know what I mean? If the state wants money for it, that's fine. But I mean, my customers don't care if I have a certificate or not. You know. Interesting. Yeah. Well, to me, a piece of that, which we didn't go into the details, is going to be that you're trained, right? Like the training that's going to come with another another level above apprenticeship is that you're, you know, continuing to deliver for the consumer. So, but yeah. good feedback. I, I like the feedback. And I guess selfishly, one of the reasons why I would like teams to be acknowledged by the Department of Real Estate is because technically any anybody that's getting paid doing licensed activity can only come from the broker and i as a team would like to be able to pay staff for licensed activity without needing to run funnel that through the broker and so well i, mean, I just think that we could do a better job with our generalists with our specialists and 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 taking care of our clients if we had a little bit more authority from the state therefore the state the only way the state is going to recognize any entity is if there is proof that this is what it takes to be one of these entities and, and virginia it's not just us i mean it's it's clear that the uh, development winters, meaning Redfin, Zillow, that are, you know, taking over a leadership position, all the public companies out there, that they're running employee-based models. And it's, we feel it's kind of silly that we have to become a broker to, to have employees, to, to have employees yeah. and that it's better to have the, the performers do the training than the, you know. All right, Linda. What do you think, Linda? I'm looking at the mute space bar. Button. Yeah, yep. the space bar. If you click on the window, you can push the space bar. Okay. Can you? All right. I'm I'm here now. <laughs> we hear you. Um, Welcome. So, Welcome back. Thank you. Um, so basically, my thought on this is that um, it would be really. I mean, we talked about a lot of things. I think they're all really important. So it's hard in my head to really, you know, just get a grasp on this. But I think performance by a real estate agent is really important. But there's also that area of after zero to 10 where there's kind of a black hole. Again, I'm in Las Vegas and we have real we have real estate agents are like actors and actresses in California. So we have some bad things going down. So if that makes any sense. Yes, thank you. Great feedback. No, we we got 50,000 agents here, Linda. I mean, 
We got yeah. the same kind of clown stuff going on as well. So we just want to clean up the system. Yeah, so it's really, it's tough, you know, because, um, you know, I could tell you some fabulous stories. You tell me some fabulous stories. But right, um, right. I, I come to Vegas about three times a year. I'd love to hear some. Let's go to Marianne, <laughs> Marianne Irving. To uh, Marianne, while you're looking for the for the unmute button, it, or, or spacebar, spacebar. If you hit spacebar, you're temporarily unmuted. There you go. What do you think? I'm I'm putting on a pork roast right now. <laughs> okay, I'm not sure that was one of our standards. I'm a huge fan of okay. food. Should yeah. we put that as number six? Pork roast, <laughs> number six. Well, what do you want me to say? I'm just listening. I um. Do you, do you believe that the industry needs more standards? What say that again, please? Do you believe that we need higher standards in real yes. estate? Oh my gosh. I did corporate relocation for several years and I dealt with realtors all over the United States of America. <laughs> and um, you typically would have either really good agents that were super kind. I think a lot of people that get involved in real estate are true people, persons that love to help others and are jack of all trades, master of none. Because I myself are one of those. Can you hear me still? Yes. yes. Okay. And most of the agents I run into are fabulous people that would all be my good friends. I mean, most of them are just wonderful people. But then you get those assholes, trust me, that uh, especially if they've been in the business for 30 years, they're like, well, I've been in the business for 30 years. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Are they smoking a cigarette outside of the office in a gold jacket? <laughs> yeah. They often were the worst ones to work with because they always wanted to cut corners. They didn't want to follow protocol. Yeah, they Ryan Surhart was just on a podcast talking about bully agents that are same. <laughs> it's funny because he said the same thing that you did. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And um, yeah, I feel like a lot of people love the idea of getting into real estate, but they really do not know what they're in for. When I got in in 91, my thought was, well, how hard can it be to sell one house a month, right? Yes. But it's hard. It's not easy. Well, and now it's been robbed. It's been robbed from you from the industry because there's so yeah. many agents out there that everybody knows one or two or six agents that it doesn't yeah. get doesn't leave enough business around for those that are great. And then they end up having a bad experience. And it's why our brand is declining. Thank you for your right. feedback, Marianne. Yeah. Absolutely agree. So, yes, we need higher standards. Thank All you. right, let's wrap it up. Thank you, guys. What for about Nina? 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 Oh, I'm sorry. I, heard, I thought we had heard from Nina. Or Lisa, because, yeah. That's because I talk so much. that. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, no, you know what? I'm really caught between uh, performance level and raise the bar, I think. I mean, all of them are are, you know, pretty darn important. But I'm I'm one in five to me, definitely are at the top of my You're list. You're awesome, Nina. Yep. All right, we're wrapping it up. Thank you, guys. Lisa, did you want to throw out your any of your top five? Schofield, looking for that unmute button in three. Space bars. Press the space bar. One. Awesome. All Good right, night, well, Seattle. Thank you guys for listening. Leopard.com. If you haven't already, we'd love to have you, and we're going to help raise the bar for the industry. Happy Thursday. Get out of here.